Thanks for joining us for another God-inspired message from C3 Church Monash. Connect with us online at c3monash.org.au and we hope you enjoy today's message. Wow, I love it. So many exciting things happening in the life of the church. During the week, we had the C3 Cares Christmas breakup. So in here, in the auditorium, there was tables right through here, all the way to the back wall uh, of people that were being fed by the church. I think it was 130 people that were being fed. There was all sorts of uh, people from... Uh, various walks of life and community that you probably wouldn't normally expect to see in the life of the church. But our C3 Cares team have been doing a phenomenal job. And uh, as a church, your generosity is helping that to happen. But where's is Sarah here this morning? I thought I saw her earlier. Over there, Sarah and Ian. Why don't you thank Sarah and the team, the rest of the team, for an absolute phenomenal, phenomenal job that uh, has been happening, uh, which is great. Um, Deb sends her love. She's over at Queenbian this morning. Sounds like she'll be contending with the kids, but that's awesome. She loves doing that, uh, and that's great. I want to... Um, I saw uh, Verity and Ryan here from Adelaide, the Nee Hubert family. Good to have you guys with us. Any other visitors, family or friends from out of town or interstate? Just the locals. Yeah, no, you're not from out of town, Andrew. You're from out of space. It's like, uh... so, uh... I wanted to um, give a plug for C3 College that's going to be happening here in Canberra next year. Uh, and it's a fully accredited college. You can do a year. Uh, it's... Uh, a course where you'll be doing an internship and studying uh, a few days a week. It's um, studying leadership and ministry. Uh, It's being uh, a combined thing with the C3 churches here in Canberra, being hosted at, at C3 Watson. But if you're thinking about a gap year, or one of your kids or somebody you know might be thinking about a gap year, I would heartily recommend this. Or maybe you're transitioning from work to retirement or something like that. This might be a really good opportunity just to kind of respond to maybe God's been speaking to your heart or prompting you over time just to uh, equip yourself for next level ministry opportunities. And so I want to I encourage you to ask God, is this maybe for me? Uh, so there's uh, fee help available and all that kind of thing. It's accredited. Uh, so uh, if, you, if you are interested, please come and see me. I would uh, heartily encourage you to be involved in that. Um, so this morning, um, I've really enjoyed church right up until now. Not that I'm not enjoying it now, but I've been enjoying being swept along with all that's been happening. But uh, we've got the theme of the gift for this month. And this morning, we we're look, thinking about appreciating the gift. And um, I want you to think about this phrase. If you only knew. Turn to your neighbor and say, if you only knew. Turn your eyes. Look to the front. Close your eyes. Look to the front. No, you can't. You've got your eyes closed. Close your eyes and make this statement to yourself. If I only knew. Did anybody um, see on TV, I think it was earlier in the week, the couple that were proposing, or he proposed to his fiancée in Times Square? 
and in the midst of the proposal, dropped the ring down the drain. Did anybody see that? So, um, and then a few days later, the intrepid uh, New York Police Department found the ring and returned it to the couple. Um, you know, if, if they only knew the trouble that they'd gone to to get the ring back. And, uh, you know, I think as, uh, as I think when he was uh, presenting her with the ring, it's like if he only knew, he just should have held on to it a bit more appropriately than, than dropping it. Uh, you know, wedding rings, I, I did a wedding once uh, in, the, in the hinterland uh, behind Tweed and uh, at a place called Pigabean and, and uh, called for the rings and I usually put the rings on the folder in front of me and um, to pray over them before they couple exchanged the rings and uh, I happened to tip the folder and it, the ring fell off and the, it was in an outdoor chapel thing but it was a slatted timber floor and uh, the, thankfully the best man dived on it before it, it sort of dropped down the crack and, and lost under the, into the, underneath of the, uh, the church uh, <coughs> at that time. So, uh, you know, if only he knew how thankful I was that he did that. that, was, that was, um, and, you know, speaking of wedding rings, this is my fourth wedding ring. Uh, it's not because I've been married four times, and it's not because I'm really generous with giving rings, but the first three rings I've had have been lost in the surf. So... Uh, <laughs> But the thing about this ring is, I've not lost a ring since I've moved to Canberra. So I've uh, not lost any rings in Canberra. But um, the first one, the first loss was particularly nerve-wracking. It was only about three months into our wedding. And uh, I went for a surf and came back and there was no ring on the finger. And it was like, oh, if only I knew what I was in for. It was... Um, but this year I turned 60, and uh, I know that's your cue to say, you don't look 60, Pastor Stephen. Oh, I'll kind of accept that. But uh, I go, well, I do look 60. I look 70. But uh, one of the things I was given was uh, an Apple Watch. And uh, it was like, okay, I'm not that particular, particularly good with gadgets and things like that. Um, but it was like, okay, I got given this watch. It's like, okay, does this thing actually even tell the time? Um, and then it was like, if I only knew how to use this thing, it would be really, really helpful because it keeps my heartbeat, it monitors all of that sort of stuff, it does tell the time, it temperature checks, it does all of these things, it rings, it answers, answers my phone, I can play Spotify through it. And if I only knew all this stuff when I first got it, it would have been a whole lot easier than uh, having to figure it out on the way through. Appreciating the gift, if we only knew... If we only knew. Let's have a look at John 4.10. Jesus replied, If you only knew the gift God has for you and who you are speaking to, you would ask me and I would give you living water. This is an encounter that Jesus has with a woman of uh, questionable reputation who was a, also a Samaritan woman, and so in that sense was completely the opposite sort of person that you would expect Jesus to be encountering with. And yet he says, If you only knew the gift God has for you and who you are speaking to, you would ask me and I would give you living water. We have the gift, we have the giver, and we have the insight in how to get the gift. And it's the ignorance that prevents the asking. What we fail to see and hear 
and thus fail to ask and therefore fail to enjoy diminishes our experience and enjoyment of life. If we only knew, if we only knew what God had for us, if we only knew, we would have asked. Um, I think what we ask for reveals what our, where our heart is at and what our heart's desires and affections are set towards. He wanted to offer living water. He wanted to offer refreshing, free, invigorating, continually flowing, cleansing water. She was ignorant of who the Messiah was. And she was uh, ignorant of spiritual things. She could only see earthly things, not the heavenly things. She was ignorant of the gift of God. If she only knew, if you only knew, if I only knew. The first thought around this is if you only knew... The gift of generous bounty. John 1, 16 and 17 says this in the message. We all live off his generous bounty. Gift after gift after gift. We got the basics from Moses and then this exuberant giving and receiving. This endless knowing and understanding. All this came through Jesus, the Messiah. If you only knew the gift of generous bounty that is open to you and available to you, if you knew how to access it, this generous bounty, gift after gift after gift, grace after grace after grace, if you only knew how that applied to you, if I only knew how that applied to me, I think it would make life, it would make me appreciate the gift that I have of being a Christian and make life so much more uh, Livable in a sense. The generous bounty of grace and truth that makes up the fullness of who Christ is that we read about two verses earlier than in this particular account. The generous bounty of grace and truth. Gift after gift after gift. Grace after grace after grace. So for you and I, it might be sin after sin after sin. And yet there's grace after grace after grace. That is a generous bounty. And if we only knew... If we only knew how that applied to us, we would be able to live free from judgment and condemnation, free from, free from guilt and shame, if we only knew the gift of the generous bounty that Christ has for us. Grace after grace after grace. The limit to his generous bounty is not his capacity to supply, but emptiness making room for us to receive it. If we make room to receive that Bounty, that generous bounty, then we can receive it. The limit is not what's being supplied. The limit is the room that we make for it. What we have already received is not insignificant. We've received eternal life for those of us who are Christians and accepted Christ and born again. But there is more. There's the gift of generous bounty. Spurgeon says this, He has given to all such grace as they have capacity to receive. So on to, to perfection. It's almost like our desire would be, I want to get bigger so I can receive more from God. I want to get bigger so I can have that bountiful, uh, that generous bounty coming into my life. And, and Spurgeon goes on to say, so on to perfection. Believe in great things. Expect great things. Attempt great things. But don't talk about this. Set about it. It's like... This generous bounty, if we only knew what it meant to us and how it applied to us, that we could set about doing what God has got for us to do. 
We are shown that we are all utterly destitute and empty of spiritual blessings. It's the abundance in Christ that fills us and gives us that generous bounty to supply our deficiency, to relieve our poverty, to satisfy our hunger and thirst. If we only knew the limits are not in God, they are in us. If we only knew the access to that generous bounty that will shift our world, our attitude, our disposition, our demeanor. If we only knew the access to the generous bounty that we have, it would change our world. If we only knew. The second thought is, if we only knew the gift of discretion. discretion. Matthew 6 verse 4 says this. Give your gifts in private and your father who sees everything will reward you. You know, we've heard it said before, faith without hints is dead. It's like, you know, we, we trade on other people's faith and we hint towards it. But really what this scripture is saying, that uh, the things that we do that very often may go unseen, God will reward and if we only knew the reality and the power of that, we would not be um, driven or defined by other people's responses to us. We would just be more uh, interested in God's response to us. If we only knew the gift of discretion that we have, we can choose to make a public announcement of what we do, or we can choose to do it in quiet. And if we do it... Um, God who sees everything will reward us. And he's the one that we want the reward from. So if we only knew. The paradox of this, and much of Christianity that we live is paradoxical. The paradox of this is that what we do in private, God rewards in public. And that can be uncomfortable at times. Because sometimes we walk with a sense of false humility or whatever it may be. But the paradox is that what we do in private, God rewards in public. And so, you know, if we only knew the gift of discretion, the gift of discretion, that we give our gifts in private and God rewards us. But most of the time, we want people to see what we're doing. So we get the reward in the moment and then God's got nothing to work with. And so if we can apply discretion to the way that we interact with people, then God can make a difference. If we only knew the reality of that, if we only knew the weightier kingdom things are not Instagram worthy or subject to comparison. They are between us and God. If we only knew and that shaped the way we acted, it would make such a difference. If we only knew the gift of discretion, if we only knew the gift of generous bounty. And the third thought is, if we only knew the gift of the altar. Matthew 5, 23 and 24. Therefore, if you bring your gift to the altar... And there, remember that your brother has something against you. Leave your gift there before the altar and go on your way. First be reconciled to your brother and then come and offer your gift. Our worship will not be acceptable unless we do all we can to live peaceably with others. It is our duty to seek reconciliation with others when we, when we have injured them. And this should be done before we attempt to worship God. The gift of the altar is extraordinary. The gift of the altar that we have is extraordinary. If we only knew what we bring to the altar is incredibly powerful. 
This is often the reason why God does not accept our offerings and we go away empty from our devotions because we're holding on to things that are separating us from God. If we only knew we need to leave our gift at the altar, go and sort it out with our brothers and sisters and then come back and worship God. If we only knew the power of that, it would make such a difference. What we do not do, we ought to do. And what we don't do, we should do. You know, sometimes we cherish improper feelings and we refuse to make proper acknowledgements. But God will not accept such attempts to worship Him when we're harboring in our heart things that separate us from Him. If we only knew the impact of that. Altars are a a memorial of the places where God has met us. This altar here is a memorial of occasions where God has encountered us. Altars represent the occasion and the place where we have had a personal encounter with God. We may not always be able to make it a physical altar, but there can be ones established in our hearts. And when we celebrate communion, we are celebrating the grandest altar of all, the cross of Calvary. On this altar, something significant happens. It's not just an altar of salvation. It's an altar of brokenness. It's an altar of change. The greatest altar of all was the cross of Calvary. The Son of God was the ultimate sacrifice and His work on the cross reconciled all humankind to God, made possible for our lives to be infused with meaning, for our our sins to be forgiven and to give us the promise of eternal life. Let's read this scripture, Matthew 23, 19. How blind! For which is more important, the gift on the altar or the altar that makes the gift sacred. The one altar which sanctifies the gift is the person and the work of our Lord Jesus Christ. The altar is a type of the Lord if we consider the use of it. To sanctify that which was put on it and to sustain it while the fire was consuming it, our Lord lifts up our gifts towards heaven. Spurgeon also made this statement. Have you always taken care to keep to the one spiritual altar? Altars appear throughout the Bible in many different forms. The altar of a place of encounter. The Lord met Jacob in a crisis and the next day he built an altar at that place in Genesis 28. How awesome was this place? It's a place of encounter. The altar is a place of forgiveness. The brazen altar of the, uh, of the tabernacle in the Old Testament was the place where sacrifice was offered as an advanced testimony there would be a once and for all sacrifice in God's Son. We come on this altar and remember what Christ has done for us. It's a place of forgiveness. The altar is a place of worship. The most common altar built by people to acknowledge their praise to God was the altar of incense, the holy place where the priests would offer worship to the Lord and on behalf of the people and themselves. This, has been a, this altar has been a place of worship today and every Sunday when we gather. It's a powerful, powerful thing. The altar is a place of covenant. An altar was built where the covenant was made between the Lord and Abraham. And the land was sealed as a timeless promise to Abraham and his offspring. It's a place of intercession. The prophet Joel called for intercession by leaders on behalf of the people and on behalf of their devastated economy. It's a place of victory. When Elijah defeated the prophets of Baal on the altar, and there was a consuming fire that came. God has a place of altering for you and me. There is a place of altering 
And there's a price of altering. Altars have a price. God intends that something is altered in us when we come to the altar. To receive the promise means that we make way for the transformation. When we come to the altar, we receive the promises of God, but we make room. We make room for that gracious bounty, for the promises of God, for the life transformation to happen. That's why the gift of the altar is so, so powerful. It becomes this incredible place of encounter, of forgiveness, of worship, of covenant, of intercession, of altering you and I. It's such a powerful and incredible place. To receive the promise means that we make way for the transformation. We come to the altar. We receive what God offers to us. And then we say, God, have your way. Transform me from the inside out. Transform me from the inside out. Jack Hayford has this to say about altars. He says, what it takes to build an altar are rocks, broken things. The geological application is relevant. There are volcanic eruptions in our lives, seismic events, the grinding of life. You can take hard things and arrange them before the Lord, or you can drag the rocks around you and be burdened by them. Or when you're frustrated at lugging them around, lugging them around you can get mad and throw them at somebody else. The way you build an altar is to bring those hard, broken things before the Lord and put them there. The price of altering is that you have to pour your life over it and say, Lord, I come and present myself to you. The gift of the altar. The gift of the altar. At the altar, the price was paid for renewal when we've been at a distance. For securing hope when we may have, when we may have thought was lost. And for receiving a promise. Even if it's an unpleasant environment, the altar is a place of transformation. Come to the ultimate altar. Receive the ultimate promise and provision made, offered by our Lord Jesus Christ. If we only knew the gift of the altar, we would take the opportunity to allow God's transforming power to change us and to shift us. If we only knew, if we only knew, If we only knew, if we only knew the gracious bounty, if we only knew the gift of discretion, if we only knew the power of the altar. And I want to leave this with this thought, John 14, 27. I am leaving you with a gift, peace of mind and heart. I love what Nat was sharing when she was leading us in worship earlier. That peace is what we need more than anything else in life. The gift of peace. If we only knew how accessible it is for you and I, it would make a difference to the way that we live our life. If we only knew, John 14, 27 says this, I'm leaving you with a gift, peace of heart and mind, and the peace I give is a gift the world cannot give. So don't be troubled or afraid. If we only knew how to appreciate the gift of peace, if we only knew the depth of the gift of peace, if we only knew what it was to walk in peace of heart and mind, our lives would be so much different. If we only knew the price that was paid and the shift that it takes in your and my life, it would make such a difference. If we only knew, if we only knew, peace of heart and mind. 
If we only knew peace in the form of the person Jesus. If we only knew how not to be troubled or fearful. Because that's the gift that's been given to us. Peace of heart and mind. Peace of, peace of mind means that we're not troubled anymore. And peace of heart means we're not fearful anymore. If we only knew the power of what has happened for us. If we only knew how when we come to the altar and present ourselves, these things can become a reality for us. If we only knew. The ultimate altar was the cross. The ultimate gift was Jesus. The fruit of our appreciation, appreciating and understanding the gift will be a heart at peace and a mind free from trouble. That will be the fruit of us understanding the gift that is made to us this Christmas through Jesus Christ. If that's not your experience today, then I want to encourage you to put yourself back on the altar this morning. Ange, I want... Where is Ange? Can I get you to come, uh, get all of the worship team to come up? I would love for you to sing that song that you have written over us. I want you to sing it prophetically over us as a church this morning. And I want, us to, I want to open up the altar this morning. Why don't you stand with me in this place today? Now, maybe you've not received the ultimate gift, which is the personal relationship with Jesus Christ. You have an opportunity today to come onto the altar and receive that gift. Or maybe, maybe for you, you've um, not realized or not recognized um, or not actually even really known the gift that is made available to you. The gift of bounteous, of generous bounty, the gift of discretion, and the gift of the altar. The gift of the altar. Maybe today, the altar needs to be a place of encounter, a place of forgiveness, a place of worship, a place of covenant, a place of intercession, a place of altering in some way. Maybe this morning, God's been speaking to your heart and saying to you, if you only knew what peace, what peace felt like in mind and heart, if you only knew you would be on this altar today and your life would be different when you leave here, I want to encourage you. I want to encourage you in these few moments as Ange leads us, prophesies over us as a church. I think this is a significant moment. And so I realize it's a, it's a little bit over time. So if you need to go, if you need to go, that's fine. Please go uh, pick up your kids or, or whatever. But I want us to create a sacred opportunity on this altar today, a sacred moment to actually engage and understand what the gift of the altar is, the gift that will bring uh, a reality to peace of your heart and mind. And so as God has been speaking to you today, just respond personally before Him. Thanks for listening to today's message. If you have any prayer needs, email prayer at c3monash.org.au or connect with us online.